0: speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I stand before you today as someone who does believe that God is able to speak. After all, I believe he called me into ministry. There were occasions, more than one, when I felt that call. One was when I was in a country church near Bodmin Moor. And a woman was taking the service, and it was the first time I'd ever been in a service entirely led by a woman. And it sort of jogged my thoughts. And I said to God, is this what you want me to do? And it was during the next hymn that I had this flooding sense of a yes from God. It wasn't so much a word as a feeling. That story is an example of how God can speak in different ways, not verbally necessarily, sometimes by pictures or feelings. And I certainly don't think that hearing from God is straightforward. One of the more astonishing communications I received last year was an affirmation from one of my relatives in New Zealand, that of the the two, he would be inclined to support Trump in the election. I shouldn't, in reality, have been that astonished because he was part of a Pentecostal church. And the Pentecostal church in New Zealand is very much influenced by the United States Pentecostal church. You don't have to look very far, in fact, to find wide support for President Trump amongst many evangelical Christians. And it wasn't just that they supported him because he was seen to be pro-life and pro-Israel and somebody who supported prayer in schools. Some were also sure that he was God's candidate because God had spoken to them about him. And therefore, when he didn't win, they assumed the voting must have been rigged. Not just because Trump said so, but because God had said so. It's examples like this and others which rightly make people wary of the whole idea that God might speak to people. How on earth can you be sure? And yet, it's clear by reading the Gospels that Jesus frequently heard his father's voice, and sometimes others heard it too. In our first reading today, it took a while for Eli to understand that God was speaking to Samuel, but he did get there in the end. Eli must have had experience. We see this story though as one all about how God spoke to one young person. It's sometimes used to encourage young people to expect to hear the voice of God. But what I've never heard people say is that this story is a warning about why God doesn't choose to speak to certain individuals. Eli was the high priest. So why wasn't this message delivered to him? Well, according to the text, God spoke to Samuel because Eli wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He was not stopping his sons from blaspheming God. So if we don't hear from God, it might be a result of not listening to our own consciences. Or perhaps more likely that we have never given God enough opportunity to speak to us. God can speak anywhere and at any time. But in my own experience, I think if I have heard his voice, it's most often when I'm in quiet or reading the scriptures or worshipping or praying with others. Another reason God may appear to be silent is that in the past, he's asked us to do something. And until we do that something, he will remain silent. Or we may have done something we know to be wrong and never confessed it. Sometimes you need to confess to another human being to bring something in the light to really clear it from your soul. One of the words for Satan is the accuser. But it's the white noise of self-accusation that can drown out the voice of God too. But I think the main people main reason people don't hear the voice of God is because they're not expecting to, either because they don't believe that God could use supernatural ways or that God would never speak to someone like them. Going by my own experience, I certainly don't hear God speaking words as if I'm hearing them on the radio. It's more like a slightly stronger thought or even a fleeting thought. I mostly don't feel sure at all that it is God's voice. And if we ever think we have heard it, then the right response, like Samuel, is to be rather reluctant to share it. It's got to be, I may be wrong, but... But this reading today has been a reminder to keep listening, to make sure that there's nothing left undone, nothing of which we need to repent, It's an invitation to follow Jesus' advice, to go into our rooms and close the door and pray to our Father who is unseen. Let's not just pray to him, but be prepared to listen to him. To ask that we'd be able to hear him and not just our own ideas and thoughts. And also be prepared to obey if he asks us to do something. It may be that he will not share anything with us unless we are prepared to serve him, to go wherever he asks. It might be that we're being called to give our money or time or prayer. So why not have a chance to do that? Maybe just set aside 15 minutes on the clock just to listen each day. It might seem a scary prospect, and perhaps it is. After all, the one we seek to follow in all this, when he listened, heard that he had to walk the path of the cross. It was a path, though, that promised a whole new link between earth and heaven. Through Jesus, we, like Nathaniel, can see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man as we gaze on the cross of Christ. In this Eucharist, we're reminded that Jesus is the one who links us to God through his blood. His costly sacrifice has enabled us to have a relationship with God. If Jesus was prepared to walk that path for us, then is it too much for us to live with our ears open to God's voice and hearts willing to obey.